Hello, 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 Sarah Tabar. Hello, Jack Frimston. Right, so a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about what is the happiest subject, and obviously Larry agreed, it is food. But we can't take your word for it, or mine even, so we got a professional in this week. A real-life professional. We got celebrity chef Cyrus Tullywaller on with the episode. What's happening? There you are, Cyrus. Hey, you good look, morning, everybody. You look so well. It's it's not like you're going through a pandemic. Pandemic? Is there a pandemic going on? Yeah, I don't know. What's that? What does that mean? Actually, I'm not really sure what it means. We don't talk about it. We don't take. We don't say the pandemic word. How are you? I'm very good. How are you, Jack? Amazing. This is Sarah. This is the Hello, lovely nice Sarah Tabar. Hi, Sarah. Sorry, I went to sleep. Uh, not, not sleeping. I was relaxing. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We, you know, they say happy is Larry Cyrus. Yeah, it's a a massive phrase. We're on a metaphorical hunt to find this Larry bloke. We want to find out why he is so happy all the time, and obviously, one of the biggest happinesses in the world is food. Absolutely thought, right, sir. I'm glad you agree with me on that one. We thought, who better to ask than the Spice King himself? So we we wanted to talk to you about like your happiness in food because food obviously brings you a level of happiness and by making food, you bring other people happiness. So we thought if we ask you a few questions and we search into your brain of food and happiness, we might we might find Larry there. I don't know. He's probably hiding somewhere in there, but go for it. <laughs> so what, what was it about food, Cyrus, for like like your journey and your experiences? What made you, where where did that love and that passion and that joy for food come from for you? I think it, every, everything about food must start with the family, I think, and particularly in our kind of uh, upbringing. Food and family were hand in hand, and it always grew together. So from a very young very young childhood, perhaps, food played a very major role because mom had to prepare food to make everybody happy. So you're mm. looking for Larry, but then moms <laughs> are also happy Larry's because through all the toil and everything, it's the fun or the happiness on the family's face in the evening is the greatest joy for a mother. Mm. <clears throat> and I, as a child, I was a, a very highly asthmatic young ma- boy. And as a result of that, I had to, I'm not saying bunk school, but miss a lot of school every now and again. Yeah. It's all right. You can use your excuses, Cyrus. We don't yeah, know. It's an excuse. But, you know, every time when I saw the clock going nine at home, I started feeling better already. When you start feeling better already, mom starts to get these fear pangs that her son is going to be up to mischief. <laughs> what better could my mother do than drag me into the kitchen with her and make me do small bits and pieces? And that's where it started to grow slowly, slowly, because we lived in a, I don't know if you understand the term joint family. Mm. So joint families on one part of the house, my aunt and her family lived. That's my mother's sister. And the other side of the family, we lived. Other side of the house, we lived. So it's always food around everywhere. You know? Even though they cook separately, there was always in and out of food being here, food being there. And I was in the heart of that food business. Besides that, I mean, as a young boy, I would go shopping for my neighbors to make some pocket money. And mm-hmm. most of the shopping was shopping for fruits and vegetables and eggs and chicken and stuff like that. So that gave me a lot of experience on the markets and to talk to the vendors and talk to the people who produce the food from a very young age. So, yeah, I guess that's where the love started to grow. 
More and more. Am I right that you moved to Australia from India and then you moved to the UK from there? Could have moved to Australia. We did migrate to Australia, but we had a three-year open visa to migrate back if we wanted to. Mm. And then I had a job here, so we came to the UK and never went to Australia. So when you came over here, how did the food, what was your reaction <laughs> to experiencing the food here and compared to back home? 1985, we were here on a small holiday and we were trying to look for some decent food around Tower Hill. And there wasn't anything there that time. And I told my wife, wish we had a restaurant somewhere in this area. 1991, I get a job offer in the UK. And we come to the UK and guess where we are? Very near Tower Hill. Now, when I first came to the UK, before I came to the UK, I asked my friend who was sending me all the information, sending me menus about restaurants in London and anywhere else he could lay the hands on, just so I could get familiar with the menus. What I discovered was, that probably there was one printer that printed menus for everybody because they were all the same. And except for the names of the restaurant where a particular dish represented one particular kind of restaurant's uh, mm. name. But when I actually came here and started cooking, that was the shock I got. <laughs> because the food was completely different to any Indian food I knew, experienced or worked with. And that shook me, On that really shook me. She actually went to the stage of where I couldn't understand whether I was wrong or whether Britain was wrong. And then you found out that Britain was wrong, I'm guessing. Well, then you see, you've grown up thinking that Britain can never be wrong. <laughs> and then you learn, and then you learn. That's when it all started, yeah. We, we were talking the other week, we were talking about kind of food and, and we're both foodies and kind of one of the things that brings joy when it comes to food is nostalgia. It's like... It can be years and then you bite into something and it it transports you back. It's like food can be like a time machine. Like it can take you back and it can give you, do you know what I mean? Different aromas can bring you memories and stuff like that. Do you have like a, a nostalgic feeling? Is there a certain thing that you eat and you're just like, you're transported back to such a, a happy time? Taste and smell can take you back years and years and years. But I'll tell you one thing and I know your viewers listening, some of them might be very happy and some maybe not. And maybe <laughs> they'll say, oh, this guy eats this kind of rubbish as well. But I'll tell you, the first time I left India to work anywhere else was in Switzerland. And that's going back to 1980. So many, many, many years ago. And um, every time you could afford, you had a little McDonald's burger. Right? <laughs> yeah. So... Sitting at opposite the station, Gar Cornavin in Geneva, having a McDonald's hamburger was a treat at that time because I'd never eaten a McDonald's before in my life. We'd only heard about it in India. And now, each time, sometimes you bite into it and you know, you, sometimes you get hungry, you do want to eat a burger somewhere. I tell you, the moment I bite into it, that pickle inside takes me straight back <laughs> to Geneva and I'm sitting at that station and I'm eating a McDonald's cheeseburger instantly. And like that, there are many, many memories that come from childhood. Mm. So my mom's cooking, of course, is what you try and replicate in some of the dishes that we cook, which, are, which belong to my community, sort of. And I will not 
I cannot rest on the taste until that computer in the brain clicks and says it's nearly there. Mm. And like that, there are many things you bite into something and it takes you years away, miles away. It does. And this happens every single time. It's like a deja vu of flavors, you know, mm. it's, it's very true. And sometimes it brings you happiness. Sometimes it brings you a bit of sadness because you want to reminisce. Yeah. And think that I want to go back there or be where I am. But it's the smells and the aromas that they are very, very sensitive. There was a whole big review that the National Geographic had done. And I took part in that exercise many years ago. And they sent you a little sample of smells and then asked people what it did to their memories. And it was a fantastic research. And exactly what you're asking me is what they concluded with, that smell is probably one of the strongest sensations we have in association to food but other things as well. So sometimes you smell a room and it takes you somewhere else mm. where that similar smell existed. I'm not talking about toilets here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that when we, when we had a celebrity chef on to talk about food, I was like, what nostalgic food takes you back? I did not expect you to say a McDonald's hamburger. We all, we all go off, the, off track sometimes, don't we? Well, you've got to. The answer to that is the consistency and the standard has never changed since the first time I ever sunk my teeth into one. Yeah, not that I'm eating it all the time. No, I wouldn't. I'd be like a fat pig if I did. <laughs> but there are so many flavors that take you back. It's mm. amazing. And the McDonald's hamburger did it for you. That pickle did it for you, Cyrus. That pickle did it for me. <laughs> Other than obviously the McDonald's burger, which I think we've established brings you much joy. Can you pinpoint one particular dish that brings you like the most happiness? When you're cook, like to cook and also to eat. Uh, I don't, it, it won't take me long to answer that question. <laughs> it's a simple dal or a lentil. Mm. My mum's yeah, lentil yeah. was the most amazing I've ever had. Yes, all Indian men say that. <laughs> my friends tell me that I make the most amazing dal as well. To me, a younger son told me one day that you may be the best cook in the world, but your dal is not as good as your mother's. And that, that is enough credit for me because it makes me very happy that I'm not as good as that one. I do make a mean one, but I'm not as good as that. And the taste lingers. And so each time you think, you look at that typical Pyrex pot my mother had. Now you're asking me, I'm imagining that pot. She had a Pyrex pot, deep one. It's still there in our house in Bombay. Fortunately, it hasn't broken or smashed yet. And her stainless steel spoon inside ladling lentils over our rice and the smell wafting through that kitchen. And I go for that smell every single time I'm trying to cook that particular dal. It, you're not rested till you get it. <laughs> maybe that's maybe you need to go and get her pot. That's the final ingredient that you need to, to match it. <laughs> Bring it to London, you mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yes. It's mental how you, I think you can never, anyone, no one can ever match their mum's cooking. Like, it's just impossible. <laughs> that pot was given to her on a wedding day in 1950. It still survives. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So you've got you've got the second best doll in the world. We know that. Yeah. I've had the utmost pleasure of tasting your food on on quite a few different occasions, and it's it's wonderful. It's some of the best food that I've ever tasted. Like you you are an incredible chef, and that's the reason you've had so much success. And I, I want to mention this because one of my friends is the most fussy eater you've ever met. Like his his love for food 
is sausage, chips and beans, pizza, that's it. I think we've mentioned it before. And he, he went to Cyrus's restaurant and we were like, we're going to a real proper we're going to a proper restaurant. Like you can't you can't just like be ordering anything. And then the guy we were with Dan had organised for Cyrus to do a pizza and like a little mini fry up with you cooking, even even if you are cooking a a pizza, what kind of joy and happiness does it bring to you? to actually go out and cook for people. And you're, you're sometimes cooking for hundreds. I imagine in your lifetime you've cooked for thousands and thousands of people. What joy does it bring to see them kind of sitting there knowing that they're eating the second best dal in the world? <laughs> I think I, ha- I have one habit is after food is served, I generally go out and meet the people at mm. their tables most of the time, if time allows me. And I do that even in banquets. So even if you're doing a charity fundraising dinner, and you've been flat out and busy in the kitchen. And then I walk out and I chat with people. The greatest joy you get is when people say it was fantastic. You know, that is the greatest joy. So you go out to seek that joy, really, to meet people directly and to say, how was it? And whether it was dal or whether it was chicken or whether anything <laughs> else, I think you need to know, you want to know that uh, your food was appreciated because that's the only what would you say? That's the reward you get for all the hard work you put in. And so for me, it's very important that we go out and meet people, talk to our customers or at parties, because we do raise a lot of money for different mm. charities. I mean, this year has gone a bit crazy, but <laughs> I'm doing a live session for Action Against Hunger to fight food poverty, to help raise money to feed our poor children in Britain and anywhere else in the world. And that gives you great joy because you're doing it to make other people happy. Mm. And that little money that they will collect will make many people happy, many poorer people happy. So that's all about food is all about passing on joy, enjoyment, happiness. And I, I think a, a full stomach is a happy, happy <laughs> stomach. Yeah. It sounds like the the connection with like food brings people together. And that seems like such a big part of what the, the element of food that brings happiness. And like you were saying earlier about how um, you kind of grew up with it. It was such a big part of your family. Uh, and and that's kind of something that stayed with you. And that's what got you into it. But that, that that's the most important thing, because I think today in the modern world or modern scenario or in Britain, as we see, food has been detached. Mm. Is not it is not the very epicenter, and you'll see the bigger families, the Spanish, Italians, you know, some French families, and of course Indian families in general. Everything circles circles around the lady of the house, and the food, and mm. food is what brings happiness because food on a table eating together uh, gets rid of bad vibes, overcomes disputes, overcomes issues, because nobody wants to destroy the happiness that food mm. bring on a table and kill the joy. So it's all about joy. And I think food is joy. Food is happiness. Food has brought the world together. I think we, we, when we talk to people, people always say like their happiness is all about like a sense of a community and a sense of a belonging. And I think what kind of what you've said there has, has hit the nail on the head. I guess it wouldn't matter if you just had a couple of loaves of bread. And, and do you know what I mean? If you were sitting down as a family, the food is kind of the magnet that's bringing everybody in, that's creating the sense. So it could be a McDonald's hamburger, but as long as you're all sat there together and enjoying it and embracing in that moment, that's what brings the happiness. Absolutely right, sir. But you must not forget, 
that my wife who you know quite well too mm. is a brilliant cook incredible we met in the kitchen now see what happened she came to train <laughs> we met in the kitchen we got married and now life has been a food experience for us also <laughs> so i'm not allowed to ask who's a better chef in the house she definitely the better cook in the house definitely <laughs> no two ways about it in the restaurant it's very different we cook differently are you saying that because she's in the room now you can hear her she's in the room now <laughs> i could hear her pottering about <laughs> So you're not just a normal like everyday cook you don't get up and just go to work but you have so many things like you do so much for charity you've had MBEs OBEs you've cooked for so many famous you've cooked for the queen haven't you Yes that's amazing So you you've got all of these what did you cook for the queen Oh so we made something that was one of the earliest fusion dishes between british and indian foods So we made an Indianized version of the typical shepherd's pie. Wow. Oh wow! I did not think that existed. <laughs> Indianized version. She loved it. She ate the whole pot. We had a super bread and butter pudding after that for dessert. Oh, it all wow. went very well. We fed 440 people that lunch. It was wow. the first official lunch to open the Diamond Jubilee celebrations for the Queen and Prince Philip. When you're cooking for. Um, those big names like the queen casually as you do and other famous names and celebrities is that um does that bring another level of pressure or do you feel the same when you're cooking does it not really phase you at all uh there are different levels of pressure because the pressure has to be from the point of view of uh, making sure that everything is not that it's not perfect every time it has to be but there's a security element involved there and so i go back a few uh, many years before that when we hosted the commonwealth summit in our hotel in goa and we had 48 commonwealth heads of state living in the hotel at one time and with them all the other high level dignitaries that came with the entourage as part of the conference and you were on edge all the time so we were cooking for mrs thatcher indira gandhi Wow. you know the prime minister of australia canada pierre trudeau and everybody had a certain dietary restriction based on their lifestyle you see mm. and you had to look after every single one of them and make sure that every single one of them got completely safe food the security people were on your back 24/7 following you hounding you every bit of food you prepared a sample was taken and put into quarantine in case they fell sick and then you got shot in the head if they fell sick so those are the different pressures that uh, certain high powered people bring mm. so for example when i was cooking for king hussein of jordan the current king's father and uh, he stayed in our hotel for nearly 2 weeks on a retreat but it was very very high security very high security and that is what scares you that is what makes you very aware that things cannot go out of line things cannot go in a different direction because mm. everything has to be meticulous and everything has to be on time and everything has to be done perfectly wow i could sit and listen to you all night sarah because you've got incredible stories and so many claim to fame and so many like you've ticked so many bucket lists and so many accolades if you were to strip it down are you are you just happiest when you're at home with your family cooking because there's you're not just a chef there's so much business to it you you run restaurants incredible restaurants as well 
what is what makes you happy? Is it appearing on Sunday Morning Kitchen or do you know what I mean? All these TV shows that we see you on or releasing books or cooking for the Queen. What what kind of builds you and brings you that joy? I don't look at achievements like uh, unless I'm asked questions. They're, that's that's a matter of your life, your, your job, actually. No, happiness is there throughout, actually. I try not to be sad. I try not to be borne down by things. I'll always be looking on the brighter side of things, which sometimes gets me into big trouble. <laughs> but I still look at the brighter side of things. I think feeding people, eating with friends, sitting with friends, enjoying, and just exchanging stories and having fun, nothing is more happy or happier or happiness than to have friends and family around you when you're enjoying a good meal. Even mm. if the food is not so brilliant, just the company makes it better sometimes. <laughs> I think that's happiness. I love uh, love television. I was on Saturday Kitchen just two days ago, and we had a great program. Everybody enjoyed. I'm getting massive hits on Twitter and uh, Instagram. People enjoyed the show very much, and that gives me more pleasure because the pleasure I'm getting of people having fun and enjoying and laughing when I'm cooking on the show, that's my pleasure. That's my enjoyment. That's my fun. That people enjoyed what I did. Rather than just cook something and finish off it. <laughs> Do you know what always makes me laugh about? I absolutely love watching the the Saturday morning kitchen shows, and my mum always comments about how it always looks so easy because someone else cleans up after you. <laughs> Is it true? I'm, you, I'm guessing you're not washing the pots and pans, are you? <laughs> Let me tell you something. There's a lady called Michaela who does the, what do you call the home economist, Mikhaila yeah. Bowles. And she is the backbone of Saturday Kitchen. Okay? <laughs> she is very much there on the ball. She controls us chefs. She makes sure everything is ready. But this, this Saturday, I told her, I said, Mikhaila, you are one of the greatest, you know, behind <laughs> the kitchen. It's so much fun because I know you will take care of me. And she says, that I enjoy working with you because you're the only chef who cleans up after he finishes. <laughs> there you go. So you put you put that myth to bed yeah. straight away. <laughs> I will pass that on to my mother. Cyrus Tony Walla cleans up after himself. <laughs> it seems like your happiness as a person, more than just just a chef, comes from making other people happy. And I think kind of you're in a, a great position where you can do that and you can kind of use your your links and kind of your talent to to do so much for for charity and i've seen you throughout the years doing so much for charity so it's incredible it's good fun i mean it's sometimes it's hard work but it helps to helps to put uh, happiness into other people and it's been something that we've been doing for many many years now uh, but also because uh, you have to be aware of what's going on in the world around us. Sometimes we we can get too inclusive within our little domain and we forget what's happening outside. Mm. For example, London being one of the greatest cities in the world, 500,000 children go hungry every single day during every single holiday. And that's 162 days of the year. There are children in this city that have no food to eat. And that's the perspective that we need to be sometimes aware of here. Yeah? Mm. That's a perspective. And what can we do to alleviate that? What can we do to help that poverty, the food poverty? Because we have huge issues on in the country on obesity and everything else is because of food poverty. 
because the people from the more underprivileged backgrounds eat rubbish food like mm. my experience many years ago <laughs> mcdonald's <laughs> that was for a different reason that time it was fashionable to be doing that yeah i'm not so saying it's rubbish food i think it does a great job feeding people it's uh, affordable food for many it is near, you know filling it solves the purpose that's what is there for fast but you must know as a chef like you could do you if you said right here's a a couple of pound budget you'd be able to cook up a an incredible feast and it could be healthy as well i imagine yes and we do that all the time when we do some classes for people to teach them how to put a meal together for next to nothing mm. and using things like uh, cheap rice and uh, vegetables and things that are discarded normally and to make it into a meal so there you could be doing a cookery demonstration in the middle of uh, where was i doing one recently in the middle of uh, the cut between waterloo road and the cut mm. and in the in the little square over there just whatever they threw at me i cooked food with and made it made <laughs> people aware that you know you can cook food quite simply with very cheap ingredients too and have a mm. good nutritious healthy happy meal yeah <laughs> Excuse the McDonald's pun there. Do you have a favorite ingredient or food to work with? There are lots of things like that, but if you're asking me, people ask me, what's your favorite spice to add? I say mm -hmm. it's cardamom. What's the favorite condiment I like? It's uh, cumin seeds. What's the favorite herb I have? It's fresh coriander. You know, there are things like that, but you can bring to life so many things that otherwise don't have the body or the flavor or the food. and you mm. can lift them up by adding a few things here and there and just bring the taste up and make people happy with that you can't um, always have butter in your food but <laughs> i have to ask if uh, if uh, i don't know how good at cooking our this larry guy would be but what if you had one tip top tip top cooking tip to give him what would it be first and the most important cooking tip unclutter your mind before you start cooking K I S S kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> It's when people get confused and they think of too many things that they don't have happiness in the food that they prepare. Keep it yeah. simple. Don't clutter your mind. Just go into it smooth. You'll be fine. It, when you are cooking, it's very therapeutic. Like when I'm chopping my like salads for the week, I feel on a Sunday evening, like after it, I feel like I've been in the Zen. Do you know what I mean? Like a big yoga session. Oh, I'm the opposite. I find it quite stressful because like I can never, I never cook stuff at the right time. So then like one thing's burning whilst the other one's still raw, and then it's just a disaster. You can tell I'm, I'm not the best chef here. Your mind. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna have to try. Yeah. It'll work. It'll be smooth. Cyrus, when we when we were conversing over email, you I was saying we're looking for this happy Larry chat. We're gonna have a big happy chat. You were like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. You've been nothing but happy. You're you're such a a positive person, and you bring such good vibes. So if we had to nail it down in the world of food, what kind of person do you think Larry be? Do you think he'd be a top celebrity chef like yourself? Do you think he'd be a fine diner? What kind of person, the happiest person in the world, you reckon he is? Larry should be a free spirit. Mm. because Larry should be able to go filter around the various parts of the globe and piece them all together to create great food that brings happiness globally mm. because today i'm talking to somebody in brazil and i had done a food show in brazil many years ago and then there is that element i want to learn more about brazil i want to learn more about other cuisines of the world i don't know if i'll have enough time in my life to learn all that but the thing is that it needs to be somebody who is a free spirit 
mm. not bogged down because today when we look at people and their food some people just don't like any other cuisine you don't see many chinese eating other cuisines they will stick to only their cuisine they don't like to wander around and try different foods mm. and that is where people go wrong because unless you try you experiment you are free in your mind not bogged down you're not going to get as much happiness as Larry would get. Absolutely. You've ticked the boxes, Cyrus. You've been amazing. Thank you so much. I Thank think we you are, so much. We are one step closer to finding this Larry. Have fun. I think we'll find him in one of your restaurants by the sounds of it. <laughs> Definitely. Find many of them coming back again and again. Thank you for listening. I'm Jack Frimston. I'm Sarah Tabar. And that was the wonderful Cyrus Toddywaller. And once this pandemic is all over, make sure you go and check out his food because it is, as the French say, Incredibly. I think you need to brush up on your French. <laughs> I think I do. Right, what have we got next week, Sarah? We will be finding our inner zen with yoga instructor Varun Raj. Hum. We'll see you there. <laughs>